It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and listen when and where you wish to. All right, so you and I talked uh, earlier about uh, the uh, the Supreme Court and uh, and college loans. Yeah. And and not forgiving, but it's the transferring of the debt of college loans from the people who actually sat down and signed a contract to pay the loan and get the benefits from that 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 is not a good moral thing that a better moral thing is to take their debt away and put it on people that did not sign that contract mm. now there's a huge as we said moral problem with that because that goes i mean that goes to some of the basic core of uh, of how I was brought up yeah you know that, i mean right. that 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 was in in my in my community in my family you know and that was pounded on me from the time that i was young you pay your debts you pay your debts and you pay your debts first that there is a there is a shame factor if you took out too much money there was always a shame factor involved there was an embarrassment if you didn't plan to pay your debts mm-hmm. and then for me i know personally i became a bill collector in college yeah and did that for a couple of years and at that point, it's like you see what happens to people that get into debt. So for me, I never really got into debt because of my upbringing and then of being a bill collector. Mm-hmm. What are the other consequences from it? If you don't, it's it's like if you own a home, you know, what's what are the benefits of, of ownership to a person? You value your property more because it's yours. You know, it's the entire point of putting 20 percent down on a mortgage mm-hmm. then you're in you got teeth in the game you don't yeah, want to lose teeth. that you don't want to walk away you want to make sure you service the yeah. loan properly you want to make sure you take care of the property your house is more important to you yep uh and this was in uh the uh the uh, the, the free press i saw this on drudge hmm. what happens when cheating becomes the norm and it's about the rampant cheating in colleges today mm-hmm and and I'll, I'll give you some of the examples here because they go through the fact of um, that, um, you know, they're doing online tests. You have 90 minutes to do it. And you can do whatever you want. Because of COVID, they're doing, they, they were, they're still doing tests online. It's not in the classroom where you sit down and you can't cheat. Here's the test. You take it online. Well, you can, you can talk to your, uh, to your roommate, if you're in the dorm, any of your friends, you can sit there and take the test. You can go look up the answers. Yeah. And it's like, that's not that's not a test. But the fact is, they say that, um, and I'm reading here, students say they're getting screwed over for sticking to the rules. Professors say students are acting like tyrants. And let me just give you, I'll give you one example. Mm. 
when the time came for Sam Beta, then a freshman at Columbia University, to take his Calculus One midterm, the professor told the students they had 90 minutes. But the exam would be administered online, and even though every student was expected to take it alone in their dorms or apartments or at the library, it would not be proctored. All they had, and they had 24 hours to turn it in. You only have 90 minutes, but you can turn it in in 24 hours. Well, anyone who hears this knows that it's a free-for-all. This guy, uh, Sam Beta, an economics major, said students texted each other the answers, looked up solutions online uh, uh, and on a crowdsourced website with answers to exam questions and used calculators, which were forbidden. He finished the exam in under an hour. Other students spent two to three hours on it. Some classmates paid older students who had already taken the course to do it for them. He said, professors, they just don't care. They said, for decades, campus standards have been plummeting. Uh, Then COVID struck, and then all bets were off. The college kids doing college from their bedrooms and smartphones with the explosion of new technology. Cheating not only just became easy, but practically unavoidable. Since COVID, there's been an increasing trend towards great inflation, cheating, and ultimately academic mediocrity. Now that students are back on campus, colleges are having a hard time putting the genie back in the bottle. Remote testing combined with an array of tech tools, and they look at the exam helpers like Chegg, Course Hero, Quizlet, and others, and messaging apps like GroupMe and WhatsApp, Dropbox folders containing course material from years past, and most recently, ChatGPT, that uh, AI can write essays. Mm-hmm. It's permanently transformed the student experience. It's the Wild West when it comes to using emerging technologies and new forms to access uh, knowledge. And I started thinking about this, and I know that in in my own, you know, I look back, and I can remember the last time that I cheated. Mm-hmm. I almost got caught. I was a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't remember exactly how I was cheating, whether I had a cheat sheet or I can't remember. But it was early on in my senior year. And whatever grade I got on it, I know I passed. And the mm-hmm. teacher came up to me and said, I did. I can't catch you, but I know you're cheating. Mm-hmm. I know you're cheating. Mm-hmm. You know you're cheating. I know you're cheating. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the specifics of it, but I remember him telling me that. And if you get caught again, you may not get into a college. Mm-hmm. And so that that the threat didn't bother me at that moment. It was the shame because he said it in front of other students. Yeah. Right. So there was shame. As soon as I got into college and had to pay for it, my entire mindset changed. There was no college is going to be free for me, not with the income of, you know, the family that I grew up in, the middle-class family, you know, dad work, but mm-hmm. there wasn't money to go to any fancy colleges. You know, you had to pay it. I worked two jobs. Completely different mindset when you're paying for it. And even if the other kids were cheating, I didn't care because I was paying for it. And what did I want? I wanted the knowledge. 
I was, uh, I'm still amazed how quickly when I had to pay for it, it just clicked off something inside of my head that, and I remember going to the, I remember going to the teachers and complaining me. I mean, a year after I was, I was willing to cheat. I was mm-hmm. complaining to the teachers, you know, you're not teaching this correctly and you need to talk about this. I mean, I was demanding accountability from the people that I was paying. I mean, and it switched like that. But you think about it. If you believe, if you get this free money and it's all money and it's just about getting a grade, because as soon as I had to pay for it, it wasn't about getting a grade anymore. Mm-hmm. It was about actually, it was about getting a grade because I learned you know, I, I I learned, you know, what I needed to learn in order to get a good grade. Right. And sometimes it was hard. It was I remember I remember calculus, especially calculus, which could fry your mind. I remember going, we were in the student union, we had a study group, <clears throat> and we were there at six AM. You know, trying to figure it out. And I remember in the one calculus course, the uh you know, after the you know, I got an F. I mean, I, I, my, you know, uh, my, um, I, I remember my grade was like out of a hundred was like 20 hmm. and my buddy who I was part of my study group, his was 30. I thought that I had flunked that year because of that course. I needed that course to pass. We go up and look at the sheet at the end of the year and I got a B. How's this possible? And he, I got a B plus, he got an A. How is that possible? We are, and the teacher came out and goes, eh, you were actually doing calculus too. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> you know everything about calculus one. I had you way up there. I graded you low to give you the incentive to really study. You know you're actually closer to calculus two than you are calculus one curriculum. Grading curve. Yeah, grading. But, but the reverse, not where you did better, mm-hmm. but where you actually did worse. Right, you know, and but he was teaching above the actual curriculum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll never forget that. And it was like, wow, and I felt re- we felt really, really good. We're like, we weren't angry that he fooled us. No, it's actually. We I, I would think it would be the proper grading type of grading curve, or maybe reverse grading curve, in order to show to demonstrate to students that there is no way you're going to learn calculus too. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean it's ah. if you look at it and then you say, "Okay, wait a minute," you, because then it becomes a celebration. You're saying I got a twenty in calculus too. Hold on, let me get the champagne. Um, but your the effort is there, and then then you say to yourself, "I would think, all right, now you've given me a new challenge. Now I've got to go see if I can actually nail this down." Okay. I botched the test, but now I've got to go see if I can accomplish this. You know, and 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 that's the difference is is that if you're doing it because you think someone is going to hand you something just for showing up, then you're going to be disappointed. And this is the mentality that we see. Well, uh, I, you know, I I went in there and I I signed this and then. You know, I showed up to class, you know, and, and I graduated. And then what do we hear? Inevitably. They're not prepared they, for the workforce. Yeah. They told me I was going to, they told me this was, I don't know who told you that. 
But somebody lied to you if that's true, that somebody told you that that's unless it was a company recruiting in college that said, hey, when you graduate, we'll have a job for you. Then you were likely lied to by somebody Mm -hmm. and that's on them and that's on you. But but if you don't if you don't if you don't have any skin in the game. If everything, if anything you buy is free, you don't value it. Well, that's what they miss about the whole college education thing. That's the, exactly. Because if, if, let's say we go in and and you want to do what Bernie wants to do, ultimately, what, what is it? Well, this is, this is unfair. This isn't right. Look at how they treat, you know, big business. And this is what we were hearing yesterday. Look, all the businesses got the bailout and students didn't. Actually, students got help too. People they got, with tremendous loans, they got a tremendous what was it uh, nearly three years yeah and 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 the businesses that got help that process actually went through Congress Congress can decide to get forgive if they want to transfer the debt of these the student loans to somebody else Congress can do that they have the authority that's the only legal question here is did the president yeah. overstep his authority when we talk about the legal case but when we talk about the morals uh, behind it and 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 that idea of you know going in and and then saying ultimately well then we shouldn't be charging anybody for college well guess what employers are going to do at that point then it'll be just like having a high school graduation you just yeah. went to high school longer yeah it it doesn't once it's free if the students don't take it seriously you're not going to learn what you need to know i'm not saying that college doesn't have a bubble We've talked about it, and they there's clearly a bubble there, and and the if you if you had real organic uh, market forces in play about you know measuring the value of an education, and then what people thought you, the demand how the demand might change in terms of education, what types of education would be viable in the workforce, all of those things, and then you know you could you could reevaluate, and there there could be an adjustment there. I don't know, but. The fact of the matter is, if you say college should be free to everybody, then at that point, it's going to be, well, you just went to high school for four more what's years. The, what's the value of Employers it? are going to look at it and say, mm. But what is the value that you as an individual put into it? If you're looking about improving as a person, and we know how human nature works, you see it. I'll have more examples coming up about uh, inflating the grades and everything else Mm -hmm. that's going on here in colleges. But you yourself, I know the experience it had to me. I know how I went from being a child to on my way to be an adult because I was paying for it, and therefore I I had expectations about what I wanted out of it. And it wasn't just I'm paying to get the grades. At that point, I actually wanted to learn it because that was the – I wasn't buying grades once I was paying for it. I wasn't just buying the grades. You were buying an education. I was buying an education. And and that's and it. it. And you weren't looking for prestige. You weren't looking for some kind of, you know, no. anything to wear on, you know, your shoulder. It was, this is going to serve me, and I want to make sure that I learn it and that I get the most value out of this mm-hmm. education. 866-90-RED-EYE. 
Farm producers received almost 10% less price-wise for their commodities in total in January, according to the Agriculture Department's latest Agricultural Prices Report. The 9.7% month-over-month decline in prices received for all producers was the same number indicated for prices within the livestock index. The largest decrease was what poultry and egg growers received price-wise, now 22% from the previous month. Dairy producers also noted a 6.5% price decline for their commodities. The crop production index was down 8.3% in January. The main culprit was prices received by vegetable and melon producers, down 22% month over month. That more than offset increased prices received by growers of feed grains, oil seeds, and fruits and tree nuts. Meanwhile, January's prices paid index for inputs and services rose 0.9% from the previous month. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. And, you know, as we had talked about uh, earlier, the uh, the Supreme Court uh, hearing on the student loan debt transfer from mm. people who actually took out the loans to people who did not. And just looking at this article that's written on cheating in colleges today, and that mm. I just sort of in my head combined the two, and I just went, because I thought about my own life and went, wow, when I didn't pay for school, I didn't care if I cheated. It didn't matter. I just wanted to get through. As right. soon as I paid for it, it was like, I want to learn. And, and really, that changed everything. Because from that point on, I actually wanted to learn. If I was going to pay for something yeah. or do yeah. something right. or get invest my time in something, I didn't do it for show. I did it because I wanted the product of, you know, I, if somebody was selling me something, they were selling, school's supposed to be selling me the knowledge. That's the product they're selling me. And I figured that out when I started paying for it. But you look at some of the other things here, and these, these are uh, 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 big schools, uh, this guy, Gray Dunn, a recent Boston University graduate who majored in international relations and minored in Spanish, said he never cheated, per se, but he benefited handsomely from the new lower standards. His pre-COVID GPA was just north of 3. During COVID, it averaged 3.5. Hmm. And he knows plenty of students who did cheat. He goes, uh, and then they talked to another uh, sociology professor at UCLA. Many students want the credential. They just want the easiest way to get the credential. They're not actually yeah, after right. the knowledge. Right. A sophomore at the University of Pennsylvania's business school who declined to give her name said they're here for the Wharton brand, a 4.0 GPA, and to party. Students see school as a stepping stone, uh, the one student told me. He meant they went on to graduate school or to jobs at consulting firms. Uh, like McKinsey or Bain or in the finance at Gold Saxman's, and then a spouse, a house, children, private school, vacations, uh, all the nice things in life. Anything that you miss, you can just learn on YouTube. I disagree. No, I I highly disagree with that. I highly disagree. Yeah.
And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there... Don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. Consider yourself canceled if you don't listen nightly. Red Eye Radio. <laughs> That's right. Sorry, like that. You're canceled. <laughs> no, you're canceled. No, you're canceled. I know you're canceled, but what am I? Uh, <laughs> oh, he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. So, just when when I saw that article today, I just you know I, I just started thinking about just learning in general, and mm-hmm. you know how you know that article is talking about how cheating in college is just you know just it's a nightmare. Yeah, completely right. a nightmare. I mean, they're yeah. just in there to so many of the young people in there just to to get grades, and I think that's such a disservice because I just I just think about my own life, and maybe as you get older, that's the one thing you can look back upon. You see what you you see what actually motivated you. I never wanted to do this as a living mm-hmm. because I knew it would be there were too many topics to cover. And I liked what I was doing in music radio and stand-up comedy and things like that. I didn't. Yeah. And and when people kept offering me more money to do this, I was like, why? I don't like it. <laughs> why? Yeah. Because you have to learn and do research. And but the the but the biggest thing was, the biggest thing was, I thought that the shame I would feel if I got something wrong on the air and was called on it by a listener, that that shame of being called out publicly for not doing their home, my homework would be unbearable. Mm-hmm. That was really my biggest fear. Right, yeah. And, and I think of, but, but I think of everything from when I, you know, paid for my college and the things that I did after that, you know, it went, went into banking and then 
went in, you know, went into machining and everything else. Uh, when I get into machining, you know, there is no, I'll look it up on YouTube. You have to know what the hell you're doing. When you're doing anything yeah. engineering related, yeah. you have yeah. to, you have to get it done right. Otherwise, it doesn't work. And right. if it doesn't work, that means machines fail and people's lives can be at, at, at uh, you know, at, at stake. And if you don't build that road right or that bridge right, well, then people's lives are at stake. So, uh, you know, some there are just some areas where you can't get away with just saying, but I got the grade. Well, and I that's, got the that's grade. it. And, and, and I was telling you during during the break, uh, during the bottom of the hour, it really is if you treat any educational experience, whether it's school or on the job experience, uh, the same as as work, because it all is work. If you put the work in, then you're going to get the return of the education one way or the other. And if you treat it that way, then and and I've always had the mindset that okay, I've got to show up, but I've got to learn something. I've got to show. I've got to demonstrate that I'm viable, so that in the future, I can be employed. I mean, I know I'm going to have to prove it. So, you know, with the old uh, uh, in in uh, in high school, well, make sure you show your work. I mean, I'm going to have to demonstrate that over and over again uh, to a number of people so that I remain viable in the workforce. And and that's really, to me, uh, I think what, what really has to play out, whether you're in a school setting or a work setting. For for me, um, bringing you know everything from the very beginning of when I you know cheated still in high school as a mm-hmm. senior early on and got caught, but they couldn't prove it. Mm-hmm. To then paying for my college the next year, then demanding that you know the teachers actually teach me things that I can use in the in the workplace. To then you know doing different things and then getting into you know talk radio where you had to learn things. To the fact that of where where I have been for the last couple of decades, which is I can't wait to learn new things. And there's an excitement, and I know you know it when something happens, because occasionally something will happen, and we'll go back and forth. Well, what is this? What Okay, what's going on here? Well, what do they mean legally here? Mm-hmm. But we're absolutely, even though it's tough to understand, and a lot of times it'll be legal things we're looking at, when you get to that, there is a thirst for knowledge that I have now that's greater than it ever was before. I think next year will be greater than it is now. It's greater than it was last year, but last year was greater than it was the year before. And I look 20 years ago that you get into the pattern of learning. And once you get into that pattern and the repetition of not just trying to live a life to put food on the table and supports your family. Now that's critical. I mean, that's the base part of it. Mm-hmm. But when you get yeah, above, that's the that's the that's the early setting. Yes. That's that's the early setting, mm-hmm. and then you get to the point, and you know, we're both sort of there. We, mm-hmm. you know, we we talk about it. I could retire. I can't imagine retiring. There's too much that I want to cover. There's too much I want to observe and analyze yeah. and process through yeah. my head. Right. And there is a high that comes out of that, mm-hmm. and. I would have never, I don't know if I ever would have been set on that path correctly Hmm. if I hadn't had to work two jobs and pay for my college and got to that point, that benchmark point in my life 
Or as a senior, I cheat. I didn't care. Just trying to get out of mm-hmm. high school, no big deal. Mm-hmm. To that instant, snap my fingers like that change of when I was paying for it, and then I don't, I don't know if it was the the thirst for knowledge that I have today, but it was the fact I'm paying for something. I want something back, and it was knowledge, and I knew it was going to be hard, but I wanted more than just the grade, and that sent me in the direction. And the, a long direction, I mean, over a period of decades of where I am today. And I'm so happy that it happened that way. And it's why people, you know, my nephew will ask me once in a while, well, it must be, must be suck to be your age. I go, no, it's the best time ever. Why? Because mm-hmm. I have a thirst for knowledge and my brain works better than it ever has before. Well, yeah, my it. knees yeah. don't, my elbows don't, everything else doesn't. But there is a level that you rise to in that thirst for knowledge that I know a lot of people have, but I don't believe... Enough people have that thirst for knowledge, and they say ignorance is bliss. I really was sort of bothered by ignorance my entire life. That scared me, actually. Yeah. It always, it, it, that, there's nothing, to me, that's the, the huge void. And, and that is, you know, I get into Donald Rumsfeld territory. Man. Uh, I know what I know, but I don't know what I don't know. And what I don't know scares me. And that's, <laughs> you know, well, and, and that's in, in that is in, you talked about it with uh, just a moment ago about, you know, being on the air or being a, a talk show host or it really, it, it applies to every job. If you, if you get out there and then you look like the guy that's the dunce, then you, you don't know the job. You don't know what you're doing. You know, then the the whole world is going to be looking at you. All your colleagues are going to be looking at you, and nobody wants to be in that place. And then it starts to become different. As you go and you learn more, you realize the payoff. And, and it's not just a payoff, literal payoff. It's not at that point just being viable in the workforce. Yeah. It, it's, it is, beyond, yeah. It, it's also having an understanding, which per, is... It's your personal growth and development. Well, it is, and an, an it's part of the the development of reckoning skills, so it it allows you to navigate life much better. You have a greater because that void of ignorance before scared you. Then the more you learn, the smaller that void is, and the less intimidating it is, because you understand how to navigate it. Not that you believe you've learned everything, but you understand how to find out how to learn. And th- those are the things. That, uh, many will tell you that it's not what you know. It's uh, Intelligence isn't measured by what you already know. It's measured by your ability to find the information and to, to yeah. go and, out and learn. And, and, and want to find it. I find it interesting because I still meet people today. There are, you know, uh, some family members, acquaintances that are basically, I don't want to know what's going on in the world because it just scares me too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They said, I don't know how you can do what you can do. And I went, well, because I'd rather know than not know. Mm-hmm. And I realized that my entire life. Mm-hmm. It's like I would rather know. I'm much I'm much more comfortable with negative news than I am not knowing. Yeah. I'm much more comfortable with it. Right. People find that hard to believe. Some people do. Some people don't. Mm-hmm. But when they say, I'd rather not know, I don't want to know anything that's going on in the world because I, and there are people like that. They don't want to know what's going on mm-hmm. because it scares them. And I'm like, well, okay, it scares you. You know, I, I can see it can scare you, but I'd rather know and, and analyze what's going on 
and do what I do than not know. Ignorance would bother the daylights out of me, not understanding what's going on, and then saying, I don't care about what's going on. Mm -hmm. Maybe I had that early on in my life, but I think I knew that if I had that for a part of my 20s where I didn't want to know, I knew it was BS. I knew that I wanted to know. It's just hard to do the work to not be ignorant on a ton of different issues. And, and that's it. If you're if you're always curious and eager to learn and understand the value of, of every you know moment of education, uh, then you understand how it prepares you to deal with a number of things. I mean, there there are things that uh, I don't know. Twenty years ago, I wouldn't have put into the show prep category for a talk show, mm-hmm. and now everything in my life. Anything and everything in my life, anything that I experience, I understand, could be giving me something that I could learn, essentially a learning experience that that might be helpful you know, at, at some point to what yeah. I do here or at, at, the, at the very least in my personal life. You know, and it's not just, you know, politics and issues and economics and things like we talk about. I mean, that's what we do here. But I look back and I remember I took a geology course in high school. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't care, like mm-hmm. all the different types of rocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then, you know, back uh, 20, what are, what are we now, 25 years ago when I moved to Oregon, became obsessed with geology in Mount St. Helens mm-hmm. and went, oh, man, yeah. I wish I'd paid attention more yeah. to that class. Right. You know, why didn't I pay attention? This And now I'm fascinated by geology. Absolutely. Fa- I cannot read or watch enough on you know on volcanoes and the earth's crust and, i i've and, been watching this on uh history uh, their youtube channel the history channel but it's their youtube channel and watching this and the movement of you know the 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 fault lines the, the mm-hmm. tectonic plates and the the north american plate over the the pacific plate and uh subversion and how all of that works yeah. and then <laughs> the fact that in some places there just, might be easier movement of you just brought the up two that word plates the, the subversion. subversion yeah and i i, I must have watched the same video in the last yeah. week because yeah. they were focusing in on that right. when it goes down you know mm-hmm. in into the molten stuff and i was like right. wow <laughs> you, then you, you probably, have the volcano and then yes. you know and, the, and they've probably done watched the same video i watched yeah uh yellowstone is included in in yeah. the yes. volcanic activity yes. and, and all mm-hmm. these things and then uh you know the fact that uh, they found talc is one of the minerals and they said look in some areas there's, there's so much talc that it moves actually very smoothly and and in these areas along the fault line they may not experience these massive earthquakes but the earth is still moving the plates are still shifting And they can see it. And, you know, those things fascinate me as I learn them. And then I I jump off of that and go, okay, because it it takes me a minute. (laughs) As a layman, it's always going to, you know, be a little more difficult. You don't, you got to slow it down. I do a lot of the back button on YouTube. What did that genius scientist just say? And slow it down a little bit. But to me, that's fascinating because I, I just I want to be able to understand, just mm-hmm. basically understand. Like if they're talking about something at the Supreme Court and a constitutional expert comes on and they talk about things, you know, the Constitution, we've always said, was not it was written so that everybody can understand it. There's a lot of legalese out there that might get you confused 
But the Constitution is very clear. And, you know, you, you want to pay attention. And when you're paying attention, you learn a lot of great things that are important about our government, about, mm-hmm. you know, the planet we live on, about a number of things. And I think that serves everybody in, in, in every case. But if you if you treat it as, nah, chat GB, GPT will just write my paper for me, you're going to be in for a huge lesson down the road, and it's not going to be pretty. And you can enjoy so many things. For example, geology, and then you go to economics or politics, what's happening today, and then, you know, the best of Al Bundy, uh, you know, quotes comes up, and you say, wow, I enjoyed all three of those. Yes, that's a day on YouTube right there. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Personalized savings on commercial truck insurance. Hey, it's Friday Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Just reading some of the headlines from the Babylon Bee. Once in a while, I'll do this at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah. I love this headline. Fine print in student loan forgiveness contract signs recipients up for two years in the Ukrainian army. (laughs) Man regrets transitioning to woman after seeing line for restroom. Yeah, wow. Wow. That'll do it. Southern California covered in six feet of global warming. That's funny. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? (laughs) (laughs) In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen.